continuing our series on the church, as Richard said. Today, looking at the description of um, the body of Christ. Um, so, just as you know, just to start us off, <clears throat> Abby, what part of the body would you uh, call yourself if you know had to choose? If I had to choose, yeah. so only one part. Yeah, yeah, just one. Like choose um, your fave. I don't know, a foot, oh. but a left foot because I'm left-footed. Perhaps um, I don't know. Nice. What about you, guys? I would have to be the mouth. Come on, come on. I mean, uh, maybe the tongue, be more specific. Um, you know me, I really love a good chat. So perhaps I should be an ear. Yeah, definitely. Perhaps that would help yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, someone's got to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna go around and ask each one of you, yeah. don't worry, yeah, don't that, that's, that's not that the point of today. Um, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> so the main passage today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So we're gonna be unpacking that for you a bit and you might be familiar with it. I promise that makes sense in a second. Um, It paints a picture of what the church looks like, what it should be like using the image of a body and the different parts of a body, for example, a foot and a mouth. So Anna and I are pretty lucky then to have been given this passage because usually you have a concept in the Bible and part of unpacking that concept is to try and find an illustration or an image that might help to unpack it, that might help people to understand it a bit better, help explain it. But Paul, the author to the church in Corinth, has already done this for us. Yay, that's great. And the illustration of the body and the different parts of the body working together with their own gifts and skills and things they can bring is to try and explain the idea of unity within the church. Now, before we go to read the passage, we just want to have a bit of a look at where it comes in Paul's letter to the church, because that tells us what he was trying to explain in a bit of context. So why don't you open your Bible, get it up on your phone or in a book, or we're going to have it up on the screen. Thanks, Josh, um, and Bien, so you can follow along. So we'll be reading from verse 12 in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, from verse 12 to 27. But just before that, Paul is talking about spiritual gifts. He's responding to questions from the Corinthian church about all sorts of issues. And from the start of chapter 12, it's pretty obvious that they're having some real issues when it comes to spiritual gifts. So what are these? Well, these spiritual gifts are given to us in the church so that we can help each other, encourage each other, build each other up. They're all sorts of practical and spiritual things, from words of wisdom about situations words of knowledge about things, like we've had some of those this morning, prophecies for one another, faith in certain situations, healing, miracles, all sorts. And these, ho- these spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit are always that God works in us as Christians, often for the sake of other people in the church, which is why we're sharing them this morning, because he wants to build us up. And they're sort of what they say on the tin, they're gifts generously given by the Spirit so we can help each other and point each other to God. They're not earned. From the context, it seems that the church in Corinth were way off in their thinking about these spiritual gifts. It seemed that they come to a place in the church where arrogance and the importance of different spiritual gifts was a real issue. Some people very obviously displaying spiritual gifts, some not. And Paul addresses the struggle and the disunity that that has caused among the church. He reminds them in chapter 12, verses 4 to 6, that there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. 
but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. So Paul gives the imagery of the body in this context. People in the church in Corinth were looking around at each other, comparing gifts and causing division and disunity. So let's read the passage together in the New Living Translation with that in mind. We have got a clicker. I just have to oh, figure it out. Oh, she's got a clicker. I know. Oh, it worked. Yay. Um, so yeah, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 27. Um, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. We're going to pause there. I said to 27, but we're going to pause there. Um, Anna's going to pick up unpacking what it means from the end of the passage. We mentioned that in the earlier part of the chapter, Paul was telling the Corinthians that they shouldn't get in a fuss about which of the gifts of the Spirit they were given because they're all given by the same Spirit. And it's this idea that comes up again here. You are joined to this body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. It's not something you have to work for. You're joined. Verse 13 makes it clear that you, if you're a follower of Jesus have been baptized into the body by the Spirit, and we all share that same Spirit. So it's something that's been done to us, for us. Doesn't matter who we are, what our background is, how long we've been a Christian for, nothing. If we have faith in Jesus, you believe he died on the cross to make a way for you to have a relationship with God, and that he rose again. If that's the case, you're joined to this body with him, Christ, as the head. So what does that mean? So when you became a Christian, you received the Holy Spirit. This is God, his power, his spirit. So when I became a Christian, I received the gift of the Holy Spirit. The spirit of God is working in me, living in me, changing me to be more like Jesus. When Anna became a Christian, she received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Unlike those other spiritual gifts that we were talking about, this gift of the Holy Spirit isn't different for each of us. It's the same Spirit, one Spirit, the Holy Spirit living in each of us. And it's because of this same Spirit in each of us that we are united to Christ. It's his love, his Spirit. One Spirit, one faith. Jesus Christ is the head of the body. You are joined to his body by the work of the Holy Spirit when you are a believer. So Anna and I are both joined to Christ's body by the same spirit, which means that though we're different, though our relationships with God are different, we have different histories, we are united as part of the body. I'm going to try and explain that a bit more. Give me one second. I've got a prop. Do you want to hold the mic? Can I no, have the it's mic? okay. It's okay. Have you ever been to a football match? No? Yeah? I actually haven't, Abby, sorry. Yeah. Can I have a different person to... That's not very helpful, is it? Um, I don't know about you, but I went to a Leeds match once. And I know, we love them still. We love them still. Um, and it was one of the most bizarre experiences of my life. 
<laughs> one time, one time. They wore. I had the hat on. Yeah. I had the scarf on. Thanks, Anna. Sorry, Dad. I know. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> she didn't agree to this. Um, so I had the hat on had the scarf on, and suddenly I'm part of this massive crowd singing, marching on together. Oh. <laughs> I'm sitting next to a 10-year-old who knows the words better than me, but we're chanting together. It's great. We're wearing the colours. We're in this together. Hey. <laughs> I don't even need to know the person who's standing <laughs> with me, the other people in that crowd. We're rooting for the same side, mm. even if that side is struggling. <laughs> Picture that, but for something that matters even more. Yeah, it matters even more than football. And with something that unites us more than a football team. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God in you and in me. So I can sit next to you on a Sunday and perhaps not know how your week has been. But I'm coming to be part of this body, to sit next to you and serve you in any way I can. Because we're looking to Jesus and we know he's victorious, and we're united by his spirit. Yeah. Let's carry on reading. I'm gonna remove And you can take first. the scarf off, yeah. <laughs> Don't wanna distract. Right, next one. Um, Abby, I'm gonna give you the power, yeah. Um, so, gonna continue from verse 14. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, oh, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Okay, that's our reading for this morning. Let's continue to unpack um, a bit more about what Paul is saying here. Firstly, even if you don't think you're bringing anything, we need you. We need each other. It's as simple but profound. It is through the church, through each other, we are fully connected to Christ to Jesus. We can't fully live for him, worship him, serve him if we were only to do that alone, if we were only to worship alone. Verse 21, the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. So we say to each other, 
I need you. This is crucial. Like the hand that comes to bandage the injured foot or the foot that hurries to take the injured head to hospital. Again, the context to this passage is key, and Abby has already unpacked that for us. This is relevant to us now, this church, in this generation. Just like the church in Corinth, we overemphasize some gifts over others, especially the more spectacular, and we are wrong in doing that. This can lead to pride, to feeling inferior, and it causes this disunity as we compare and complain. Oh, I'm not gonna get involved. He's a bit better at doing that than me. Um, I don't have anything to give. What's the point of coming on a Sunday? No, this is not God's heart for his people. In fact, it's the complete opposite. Verse 22 goes on to say, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. The gospel is counter-cultural. It often goes, it goes against the grain. But this idea actually makes sense if we think about it in terms of the body. Your little toe, for example, weak and significant, you might say. Actually, one of the most important parts of your body because without it, you wouldn't be able to walk. Similar with your thumb. Your hand's pretty useless without the thumb. You are needed, all that you bring, all your gifts are given to you by God for a reason. Verse 18, our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. This is what it's getting at. If you don't play your part, the whole body suffers. But also, when you are part of the body, when you do play your part, the body functions better. We can only encounter Christ fully when we come together as his body. Okay, profound. But there's more to it than that. If you're not here, if you're not part of this, again, the whole body suffers. I'm going to unpack that a bit more. But before I do that, let's just go back to what Abby was saying about all that one spirit, Holy Spirit stuff, because that is key. So I'm going to re-emphasize it. The Bible has this beautiful narrative arc, and I'm just going to pick it up here because I love it. All the way from the very start, it follows God's plan and promise for his chosen promised people, Israel, the Jewish nation, awaiting the arrival of this promised Messiah, the promised Christ. We've unpacked in this series about the church how Paul has sought to show that Jesus, by his death and resurrection, has reconciled the previously irreconcilable us and God, Jew and Gentile. He cried out as he died on the cross, it is finished, it is done. This is the gospel. If you profess that Jesus is Lord, you are part of this. No matter your background, you become part of this narrative story. We are part of this narrative story as the body of Christ. The Bible is not this old, irrelevant book written thousands of years ago. No, this story continues, and it's not done yet. He will return and unify us completely, fully and finally in his new and perfect creation. We are one in Christ, and this happens when you believe in him. This belief is faith, and it is this one faith that grounds our unity. 
And this is made possible by the work of the one spirit, the Holy Spirit. Again, not our own work, which is what Abby was mentioning earlier. It is the spirit that is at work to sustain us, those who profess this faith day by day. The Holy Spirit, the one spirit, he brings you in, builds you up and keeps you part of this body. So yes, this all depends on him. And that is so great and so freeing, but it does require something from us. We have to accept it. We must accept the spirit into our hearts, into our lives, in order for all of this to happen. This is what Abby was saying earlier. Yes, when I made the decision to say, Jesus is Lord of my life, became a Christian, <laughs> um, I received the Holy Spirit. But this decision, it requires submission. It requires surrender. This is not a decision forced upon us. No, by God's grace, we have the choice. We have to choose to submit our whole life to him in order to receive him. This could mean a lot of different things. Submitting your opinions to him, submitting what you do with your life to him, submitting how you view service in the church to him. Hey, I'm not denying it's like that it's easy. This is really hard. Submission and surrender are not, you know, said lightly. And I want to acknowledge that. Oh man, it could be so hard. And if you've been part of the body for a long time, you'll know that. <laughs> Make every effort, Paul says in another letter to the Ephesians, to keep this unity. It sometimes feels like a real effort, doesn't it? to turn up, to play your part, and submit yourself to serve others. But it's worth it. It's worth it. Because this is God's desire, his heart for us as people. And when we live in line with that, that is where true life is found. And as we are transformed more and more by the Spirit, as Abby was saying, to be like Jesus, our heart's desires align with his, and we long for what his heart longs for. This is a glorious truth. So if you're not here, the body suffers. This is an invitation for those of you who don't know Jesus, that you can be part of this. And God longs for that. We long for that. His heart for you is that you are part of the body, his people. Our heart for you is to be part of the body, to be part of us. Brothers and sisters in Christ, or wrong metaphor, sorry, members of Christ's body. <laughs> um, let's remember, it is the spirit that unifies and sustains us, not our own effort. We find freedom when we grasp this in full. It is the spirit that unifies and sustains us. We partner with him in everything to seek this unity by playing our part. But this requires submission and surrender as the spirit transforms our heart. But it's freeing. If you don't play your part, the whole body suffers. You are not defined by what you do, but that your identity is in Christ. And yet that doesn't undermine the fact that you still have a role and that the body of Christ can't function fully without you. So there are two invitations here this morning. Um, for those of us who are Christians, you can respond to this practically. 
This isn't just about finding a rotor to add your name to, although if you think that's where God has gifted you, like, feel free to do that. We won't stop you. Um, this is about how God uses us when we come together for the benefit of each other. And the fact that he has given gifts to each of us, you all have a part to play, like, this is for you. One way to practice this, especially if it's a new concept for you, um, why don't you go up to somebody after the service and encourage them? Often we find it easier to see the gifts of God in other people than for ourselves. So encourage someone by saying, Anna, you have amazing faith. That is a gift. (laughs) Or your generosity to other people is a gift. Also, take this message away. Talk to your mentor about the gifts God has given you and how you can serve the rest of the body with them because we need you. And this is not so that practically we can just work on a Sunday, but it's because when we come together, every part of the body, we see more of God. And you unlock some of that for us, which is really exciting. But most importantly, we encourage you to ask for more of God's Holy Spirit, to experience more of his spirit, especially if you feel like you struggle to think you have something to bring. If one of those words this morning felt like it was for you, because you do. But our service to each other in the body and in church needs to be sustained by the Spirit because otherwise we're at risk of serving with the wrong heart. So ask to experience more of his Spirit. Yeah, and the other invitation is what I was mentioning earlier. So those of you who are not part of the body yet, God longs for you. You are his heart's desire and we long for this as well it would be our absolute joy to discuss this with you more to pray with you because you can be part of it right now and today if you want to be we're gonna hand back to kate and charlotte now